So what do you do with the mad that you feel when you feel so mad you could bite? When the whole wide world is oh so wrong and everything you do is not right. What do you do with the mad that you feel? The psalmist was mad. Feels like he has reason to be mad. He showed love to people and they repaid him with hate. He was good to people and they were bad to him. He prayed for people and they mocked him. What do you do with the mad what you feel when you're treated that way? Lord, appoint a wicked judge over this person, a crooked prosecutor, a bribed jury. May the verdict be guilty. May the book be thrown at them. None of us have ever thought that about anybody, have we? Yeah. May they be treated as badly as they treated me. May he lose his job. May he lose his house. May the house be destroyed so they can't go back to it. May his children be orphans. May his wife be a widow. May all the creditors descend on them and take everything from them. And if there's anything left, may strangers take it. May the names of his parents be discredited. Wrap this person in shame. What do you do with the mad that you feel when you're so mad you could bite? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever wanted somebody to be treated as badly as they've treated you? Have you ever been that angry? Now, I'm going to go on the assumption that one or two of us have been. And the rest of you to whom this sermon doesn't apply, just think of your neighbor to whom it does apply, I guess. Yeah. It's not a beautiful day in the neighborhood when you read this psalm. We, will beginning, we are beginning a Lenten series on the movie, It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And each Sunday we'll be reading, preaching on one aspect of the movie. Today it's feelings. Feelings. The movie, how many of you have seen it? Okay, that's pretty good. And you can see it again this Wednesday uh, from 11 to 1. Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday with the retirees. Okay. Um, it opens with Mr. Rogers, as his show always opened, entering his house, you know, taking off his coat, putting on his sweater, changing his shoes. And then he, he, talk, he, he, he pulls out his storyboard where he opens windows and you can see the face of the, of the individual about whom he's going to talk. And he opens a window and, and there's Daniel Tiger. And then he opens another, and there's King Friday the 13th. And he opens another, and there's Mr. McFeely. He opens another, and there's Lady Aberlin. 
And, and then he opens the next one, and it's this face that's just, he's deranged, and he's, he's uh, got a stubble of a beard, and his nose is, is cut and swollen. And he said, Mr. Rogers says, I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Lloyd Vogel. And the movie is really about the relationship of Mr. Rogers and Lloyd Vogel. Lloyd is the magazine writer that's assigned to interview Mr. Rogers for a coming issue. And Lloyd is clearly very angry in, this, in the photograph. The scene cuts to Lloyd at home. And they're changing their child's diaper and his wife says, we're invited to your sister's wedding. And he responds very grumpily to that with anger. It's his, it's his sister's, it's, it's his, her second or third marriage. And he makes a sarcastic comment about her marriages. And he, yes, we go to all her weddings. We'll go this time too. Yeah. And then he gets very short with his wife. And the next scene shows them getting in the, um, their car, the cab, the cab. And he struggles to get the car seat right in the back seat and he doesn't do it and he loses his temper and he throws it around and his wife has to come in calmly put the car seat in he learns that his father has been invited to the wedding and that makes him even angrier and more sarcastic he doesn't want to deal with his father and a lot of the movie is is about the relationship with his father and where it went south they're at the wedding and the father is obnoxious and Lloyd when he's a, separated with his father gets into an argument with his father that ends in a fist fight with them knocking each other to the ground and his father hitting him in the face which causes the swollen nose and the cut on his nose which throughout the rest of the movie he explains as a softball injury. Lloyd is angry and frankly, in this movie, I identify a lot more with Lloyd than I do with Mr. Rogers. Um, I can relate to, to Lloyd. I can relate to his anger. Mr. Rogers is a little hard to relate to for me. Uh, but an angry person, I understand. You know, why do we get mad? Why do we get mad? Well things don't go our way. People don't act as expected. Events don't happen as we thought they would. And we don't like that loss of control. And we get mad. We get mad when, when we, um, we don't live up to our expectations, when we don't live up to our standards. We get mad at ourselves when we do stupid things. We get mad at other people when they point out that we don't know everything we think we know. We get mad at other people when they point out the stupid things we say and do. We get mad at injustice. We get mad when we are hurt. We get mad when we're in pain. We sometimes hurt ourselves in dealing with our anger, in not knowing what to do with the mad that we feel. We fight 
or flee. We might drink too much. We might overeat. We might overshop. We might get sarcastic. We might take it out on the wrong person. One of my favorite angers is is getting mad about getting mad. Yeah. Mr. Rogers says in the movie, it's normal for human beings to experience pain. So it's normal to take that pain and be angry. But there are ways that we can deal with that pain and that anger that are not harmful to ourselves or to others. He says we could punch a bag or pound some clay or round up friends to play tag or we could run as fast as we could. He talks about our feelings and how it's best to express that we are mad, that we are angry, that we are sad, that we are glad. It's good to use our words. I mean, how many times when our kids were growing up did we say, use your words? You know? That it's best to say that we are mad. How often when we ask somebody, how are you doing? They just say, okay, fine, good. Now sometimes we hope they will say that because we don't want to know. We don't want to get involved in that conversation. And sometimes we don't want to tell people. But saying how we feel can name it and get it out and start the healing and start the recovery. Sometimes when I go home, I'll be angry. And Susan will say, how was your day? And I'll say, okay. Part of that is I don't want to relive it. But I discover that when I just say, okay, eventually that night, that anger that I've buried will come out in some kind of sarcasm, in some kind of hurtful way. And it would have been just better to say, yeah, I got angry today about this. And get it out and get it over. There's a point in the movie where Lloyd meets Mr. Rogers' wife, Mrs. Rogers, Joanne. And he says to her, what's it like living with a saint? And she just kind of laughs and says, he's not really a saint. He really works. He practices and practices basically at being a human being. And she says, 
He reads scripture. He prays. He swims. He writes letters. And he plays the low notes on the piano. He reads scripture. He prays. Psalm 109 is a prayer. It's really angry. It's a prayer where the prayer takes this anger to God. So often we think the, the people in the Bible are saints and they don't have anger. They don't get mad. This is the prayer of an angry person. And if you ever get mad, you might want to read Psalm 109. It is the angriest prayer in the Bible. What's interesting about this prayer is that woven into the anger, the psalmist, the prayer says, you know, God is majestic. God is worthy of praise. That God is faithful. And that God rules the universe with compassion. That the prayer doesn't go off half-cocked as if they're the only entity in the world and the world revolves around him. He puts this prayer in the context that the universe revolves around God. A God who is majestic, a God who is faithful, and a God who is compassionate. And by doing that, the prayer says, God governs the world, God governs the world with compassion, and God rules it morally, that the universe is moral. This, prayer can repress his feelings so that they'll eventually burst out in inappropriate ways. He can just act on the anger that he feels and be violent. Or he can take this anger to God and submit it to God almost as if putting it on the altar and then relinquishing it and leaving it there. Yeah. Elsewhere in the Bible it says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And that's actually what this prayer is doing, taking all this anger and giving it to God and letting God have it and saying, it's yours, God. You act on it. I'm not going to. As Paul says, be angry. And there's stuff we should be angry about. But do not sin. Do not act inappropriately. For we are members one of another. And to hurt each other is to hurt ourselves. 
Mr. Rogers ends that song about what do you do with the mad that you feel when you feel so mad you could bite. I can stop when I want to. I can stop when I wish. I can stop, stop, stop. It's a good feeling to have that feeling. To know that the feeling I have is mine. It's taking ownership of it. To know that deep inside I can grow to become what I can. To know that every boy someday can be a man and every girl someday can be a woman. Now I'm sure he would have written that those last two lines differently now. But his point is that the child can grow to be an adult and act as an adult who takes ownership for the mad that they feel and does not act in inappropriate ways. I was talking with a member of our church who's reared a lot of children. And he said to me, um, I realized as a parent that I was not raising children. Because that would have been to raise children to be children. I was raising adults. You know, and I don't think Mr. Rogers ever said this. That's kind of what he was doing. He was raising adults. People who knew what to do with the mad that they felt. He was raising people who would join him in making it a beautiful day in the neighborhood. May it be so.